So today we have Mr. Skylar Carden. Hi, Skylar. Welcome to the kickback. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So what have you been doing or where are you at currently right now? Uh, so I'm in Los Angeles. I live here with my boyfriend and our cat. Yes. I, okay, I'm, I have a cat too. I, I, not too many people are cat people. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I guess a lot, of, a lot of gays have like a big dog they picked up off the side of the road. I'm... <laughs> like more of a cat person, I guess. Yes, yes, we have a household cat. His name is Joseph and he's as big as my head. So he, he's a Maine Coon. Oh. And so, yeah, he eats a lot. <laughs> That's awesome. And so what exactly have you been doing since quarantine and things have started? I know that you're an illustrator, you're a model, and you're, an, um, you're a non-binary artist. So what have you been working on during this COVID corona period where everything has seemed to go into a standstill? Um, it's, it's really interesting. Uh, a lot really changed in my career, uh, like for the better after yes. the pandemic started, which I, you know, I kind of feel guilty about in some ways because it's like such a hard time for so many people. But before the pandemic started, I was just, you know, working in-house as an illustrator at a specific company. Most of my time was taken up by that. Um, you know, occasionally I would do side projects like in fine arts or, you know, illustrated graphic novels. I do a lot of work with comic anthologies by like LGBT creators, which is lovely. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, mostly super busy with my day job, um, which was educating, uh, like illustrating educational materials. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, it's fun work, but pretty simple. And then after quarantine, I had about a month and a half where I was, you know, unemployed. Um, and not really sure what I was going to do with myself, but, um, you know, the, the time kind of freed me up to start pursuing a lot of stuff that I previously only got to do every so often, you know, like yeah. work, um, a lot more fine art stuff, getting new clients for my illustration practice. Um, so since then, like, I've been signed to Bella Agency as a print model. I've been doing a lot of big campaigns, um, like some creative direction work with Junco, which does inclusive, gender-neutral, sustainable menstrual products. Uh, I've been in, like, a gallery show for trans artists, and I've, I've been, like, doing a lot of illustration work with uh, Dreamland Studios here, so... A lot. A lot's been happening. I was gonna say you have you have jobs. You're actually really booked. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to keep busy. That's my boyfriend. Hi, welcome to the Hi. kickback. <laughs> but that's awesome to hear. And I was um, talking to an artist, Marvel A Rex, yesterday, who's also in Los Angeles. And we were talking about how the state of COVID and Corona brings out a new level of creativity in you. And you have to think outside of the box if you want to remain on top of your game. So when the world does open back up, it's not like, oh my gosh, where do I begin again? Absolutely. I mean, I think taking a little bit of time off to process is such a such an important thing, especially during, I mean, it's kind of a traumatic experience for like the whole world right now. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to like go too hard on myself, but also it's a lot of free time, you know, yeah. and like better to do with free time when you're stuck at home than like 
finally get to pursue personal projects that you've like had to put off because of work, you know, and like hone yeah. your craft and really, um, you know, like make sure you're set up to be where you want to be when stuff finally gets back to normal. Yeah, yeah, which I personally can't wait for, but I, I do not think it's happening soon enough. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I, I was just out um, like picking up some groceries with my partner the other day and we saw this like taped over sign that said, we will resume normal business operations. And then it was whited out, but very visible under the whiteout was March 31st. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, isn't that a nice thought? <laughs> I was going to say, because when Corona hit, I was one of those people who thought, oh, this will be over by June. This will be over by July. We'll go back yeah. to normal. And we are in October and we're still quarantined, for, for, for lack of a better term. A lot of people have gone back out and doing their own thing now, but you're really supposed to still be on lockdown. <laughs> I know it's it's because the lockdown so half-assed they're just dragging it out whereas you know other countries took just like a solid three months with proper support for their citizens and now they're like out brunching again exactly New Zealand right now yes exactly New Zealand they're one of the first countries I saw that they were able to successfully open back up without any crazy uh, extra outbreaks and things and so like you mentioned before I think it's because we have done such a loose job of yeah. actually sitting down and containing ourselves and you know America we believe that we're superior in all facets so why should we stop in our heads I mean, like, you know, the, that kind of individualism is such a thing in American culture. Um, you know, people really are taught to um, mostly think about themselves and not their community. Um, and obviously a lot of people here are still wonderful community-minded people, but also a lot are not. Or, you know, they are, but they had to go back out to work because they weren't going to get unemployment if they said no. Right. <laughs> Right. It's such a thing. It's such a thing. And so next question I want to ask you, switching gears just a little bit, is like, where did your love for art come from? Like childhood wise, like this was this something that started as a child or you kind of grew into it as you got older? Absolutely. I was always, you know, like a doodler as a kid. Like basically, you know, every every class I'd just be like scribbling in like the sides of my notebook and stuff. Um, just like drawing um, and I think a lot of it is that uh, you know I, I have a kind of interesting form of ADHD that I inherited from my father and something I, I like to say is that drawing is just visual thinking yes. um, and so I, I always like thought and kind of processed the world through um, like drawing and creating and then uh, I, I didn't really like think of it as a career possibility until I turned 16 though and started putting my art online and saw like a big response to it. Yeah. And at that point I kind of did a sudden shift from like being a future biologist to <laughs> being like, I'm going to go to art school. <laughs> yes, which, which for me, I have a similar situation when it came down to being a creator versus going into like the more educational, traditional route. Because I, I don't know about you, but growing up, I didn't think that was a thing. Like, I didn't think it could oh, be yeah. a lucrative thing. No, no. And, you know, like my, uh, my, my mom's white, but my dad's Middle Eastern. And when you're like raised in a Middle Eastern family, they're like, you can become a doctor or a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. One of the two. One of the two. 
were they were really looking forward to me becoming a scientist because mm -hmm. that was also acceptable, you know. But yeah. every so often, my dad would be like, you know you'd be a good lawyer. And I'd be like, please don't say that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> right, because I know, I, just like you, I didn't have any interest in any of that. Even as a child, confused, I knew I wasn't that confused. I didn't want to have anything to do <laughs> with those pieces of education. So I, I'm totally with you on that. And so in August, I was reading that you were signed to Bella Agency, like you mentioned before, there in Los Angeles. I was just signed to a modeling agency last year. And so so, thank you. And so I love talking to people on how they got booked or how they got signed because everyone's experience is a little different. Some people have it so much more easier. I did not yeah. than others. So tell me how that happened for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I also had a not so easy experience. You know, like I have a friend, like six foot size zero, right? Mm. Booked instantly, like two days after they messaged places. Yes. For me, um, you know, I'm like, I'm 5'7", 120 pounds, and like a non-binary man, so I'm not really any kind of traditional model size. <laughs> um, and I think a lot of agencies just like didn't know what to do with me. And meanwhile, you know, like people in my life, um, including like actual signed models I knew were always telling me to get signed. But I was like, no, you know, I like I've tried. People aren't really biting. I, you know, I grew up in Portland, um, so the the scene's kind of different there too. Mm. Um, these were like we kind of need more commercially viable people. But occasionally, I would get called in to do like, you know, modeling for diversity lineups. You know, when sure. they like a bunch of people who are from the diverse, beautiful rainbow of humanity <laughs> um, and stuff like that. Uh, but then once I get moved down here with my partner, I was getting such consistent modeling work that, you know, he and I were like, oh, I, I think I need to try again, yeah. you know? Uh, so then I, I applied to a few agencies and uh, a couple, like, surprisingly got back to me and I ended up going with Bella Agency. Uh, I'm really happy with them. They're they're really lovely and they actually already had one like trans masculine person sign before me. So I'm not, I'm their first like non-binary person, but uh, they're not, you know, in completely new territory with me at all. And they're like very, very respectful of like, you know, my, my best interest as a model, which is always what you want, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one thing that I love talking about this with other models, because it's something that a lot of people may look on Instagram and what people have this misconception of modeling is mm -hmm. that you have to come out of the womb this like glamazon that needs very little to no grooming. Um, mm -hmm. If you have parents that are pushing you, you'll go even further. You know, and I was one of those similar to you. I didn't start modeling until after I graduated high school just because my parents, they weren't, they were supportive, but they didn't know how to support me. I don't have any family in show business or anything like it. And mm -hmm. so for me, it, I found it to be extremely hard, especially in the Bay Area, because that's where I'm currently based. Yeah. And yeah. so San Francisco would be the place where I would get the most jobs, but even those were very few and far between based on, like you just mentioned before with Portland, the market and what they're actually looking for. And so it's really, it, it was really hard for me to really get past the glass ceiling at a certain point. It also gets discouraging because agencies don't want to sign you if you won't get jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's that part. 
yeah, nobody really wants to take a chance on you, you know? I'd be writing people like whole email essays about like the sudden demand, yeah, for like trans and like LGBT models. Yes, <laughs> I'm like, I'm your guy. Uh-huh, but you know, it's ultimately, unfortunately, you still kind of have to move to like New York or LA. I'm, I'm saying, and that's one of the things that I've been wanting to do the last couple of years is to relocate to Los Angeles, just because like with your experience, I feel like I would get more work there as a model than I've ever gotten out here. And yeah, like, so, um, you know, there's, there's so many more like commercial jobs here and they're really starting to look for a wider variety of people with commercial jobs, you know? They're like, oh, actually we need kind of like new interesting faces because people here have seen you know, like the conventional, like white, blonde, cisgender models a billion times. Over and over. Mm -hmm. And it seems like a lot of the times, uh, just like what you mentioned, I have friends that can walk into a casting and just get, just booked, okay. just booked. They really don't even have to walk. They just, oh, he, he works or she works. I never had that luck. <laughs> never. I never had that luck. I always had to do a little something extra, you know. And so there's always, a, there's a beauty to that as well. So that you know, or you develop a hard and thick skin because this industry requires it. No punks can be in this industry for real. Mm -hmm. it's, it's good to... Um... You know, I, being like an interesting looking mixed kid growing up in Portland, Oregon, which when I was growing up in it is like, was like 99% white probably. <laughs> I was very solidly considered ugly for like the first 17 years of my life. And I really credit that with humbling me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. It's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, advocate for that experience, but I think, uh, I, I think sometimes it's it's good to get kind of your ego check in advance. So by the time you enter the professional world, you're not waltzing in there being like, you know, like a blonde white girl who's been told she's super duper pretty her whole life. Cause that's, I've seen some egos come in there. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, I have a funny story about a time when I went in for a casting and just like what you described, a girl, I guess, who had been told all of her life by her mama and them that she was gorgeous, which she was a gorgeous girl. But I think a lot of people have the misconception, again, it goes back to like the Instagram style of modeling or what people think is modeling now. You have to have a certain look. And she had that Instagrammy look, but like her personality, you could not squeeze water out of that rock. Like she had no personality. And but that's part of the thing with modeling is you have to have some individuality. You have to have something that's brandable as something that is your own. And that's something that you really can't like curate. It has to be something that comes out of you. And unfortunately, a lot of models are, you know, mail order, I like to call them because they kind of put themselves together and create what they think the industry is looking for, which is probably just a combination of knockoffs that what we've seen over the last 15, 20 years on the runway. And so one thing, which leads me to my next question I want to ask you is, what do you believe is the significance of being a non-binary model in the industry today? Like how much of that do you think is going to break down doors? Because we need, we've needed models like you on the runways well before now. So why do you think it is in this time that it is so significant that we see non-binary models like you being showcased? 
well, I mean, like you said, it's it's pretty long overdue, right? You know, it's it's interesting because fashion has played with, you know, like gender fluidity and ambiguity and neutrality basically since its inception, right? Yes. Um, yet there's been such a reluctance for people to accept people that are, you know, not fitting within a traditional box of gender. You know, they want to use um, kind of this this look and this these visuals and this costume that they take from from our community you know from from trans people you know from like the dragon ball scenes yes but not bring any of those people in when like we have been for for decades and decades now maybe even centuries the hallmarks of glamour yes some of the first people filmed were like trans women yes you know on film ever um which by the way everybody should watch disclosure on netflix it's an amazing documentary i love it yeah i love it one of the best docs on there yeah really definitely required watching yeah. um but it's i it's it's overdue um and also you know because i am not only you know like transgender but palpably transgender you know transgender but outside of like a cisgender passing kind of standard that a lot of trans models have had to fall in previously. Um, I think, you know, models like me, I don't know about me, but models like me are going to be really instrumental in sort of breaking down this like very rigid set of standards that we have for models for really no reason. You know, it's, right. it's so important to get like the full range of humanity out there and also to properly honor the people that fashion takes so much of his inspiration from, you know? Definitely, definitely. And, and that's something that I've seen, especially showcased in the last few series, like you just mentioned Disclosure along with Pose um, and along with even pockets of RuPaul's Drag Race. You can tell that a lot of mainstream is starting to pick up on the gems that um, our our community has dropped for centuries. Like you said, this is overdue. Like we've been doing this stuff since the beginning. And you, you all, again, there was a very stringent way of thinking even when it came to fashion at one time, but there was always points of um, reference that we were in, especially in most you know people's collections. And so I definitely agree with you there. So like going forward, what can we expect to see from you in the next year, I, I at this point, 2020, I don't even know if you want to even call it the end of 2020, because like, there, not much has happened other than a whole bunch of calamity. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm asking people now, like 2021 probably is the best way of like seeing where you're going to go from here right now. So what's happening? What's going on? Yeah. So right now, um, I, I just sort of finished my part of a really big project that I was doing with uh, Junco, which I previously mentioned, which is really big campaign about, um, you know, menstruation and the fact that people who menstruate don't always look like, you know, you would expect, essentially, um, featuring really beautiful, diverse range of models. Um, so that's being edited right now and I'm very excited for it to drop. Um, I, I just did a shoot with uh, The Noun Project, which is a really lovely organization that's working to bring more diverse faces into stock imagery, especially when it comes to, you know, tech, professional spaces, stuff like that. 
Um, and I'm, I'm working on a lot of new paintings. Uh, you know, one of my pieces for the Gender Unbound exhibition that I was in recently called Venus as a Boy uh, got such a beautiful reception that I'm kind of working on a big series um, focused on that. And hopefully by the end of 2021, I will uh, have a solo show somewhere, so. Yes. I think that's awesome. And I, I cannot wait for us to be able to actually go back out and enjoy shows again. Like, oh my God. I used to love going to drag shows here in San Francisco in the Castro District. Used to love doing all that. They have these drive-in shows now that they do, which is just, it's just not the same. Yeah, my, my partner and I have been missing going to drag shows especially and just ball events and just being around the community so much that we've been like watching like re-watching old drag race seasons just to like hear other gay people talking yes yes <laughs> you know it's it's such a, it's such an important cultural thing that sometimes you take for granted in the moment but really these past like you know this past half a year without it really has given me a renewed appreciation for for the beauty of performance and those community spaces centered around it no, for sure. For sure. And I cannot wait. Again, I don't know when it's going to happen, but I cannot wait to go back out and just, like you said, just experience people, like experience energy and experience just camaraderie and socializing and cocktails. And for me, single James flirting, like <laughs> I miss all of the basics of going out. And so I can't wait for all of that to happen. And so thank you so much, Skylar, for joining me on James kickback this has been nothing but a blast oh my gosh yeah really lovely time thank you so much for having me on i appreciate it yes definitely you've, you've gained a follower out of me i'm gonna post this on all social media and so all of the um attendees to james's kickback is going to be on your guest list next okay and I'm speaking that into the universe. We're all going to be successful in the next year. I pray that your modeling career and your illustrations, which are sick, by the way, I pray that all of those things to continue to take your path and your career as far as you'd like it to go, okay? You too. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're a lovely person, very, very bright spirit and energy, clearly. So I'm sure you'll have nothing but success in the future, but I'm wishing that for you as well. I thank you so much, and I, I received that. And so please enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for joining me again, and I will see you next time, okay? Take care. Another time. Have Bye. A good Bye. Hold up.